This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Man, where do I begin today? The options are out there like wildfire. It's it's just plucking grape after grape off of the vines for NFL content today. And thank you for deciding to spend some of your Black Monday with me. Uh, nobody here getting fired today, and we're expecting word around several NFL cities today. And Sam Michael, my producer, may jump in with breaking news. It won't be breaking when you get when it gets to you, but it'll be breaking for us because so far, Lovey Smith is the only guy whose head has met the guillotine, and that's pretty much before uh, before the Texans had finished their news conference. And what a way to go out, and what a favor to the team that employed him for nine years, the Chicago Bears, who have the number one pick in the draft. And what what should be a day after losing your last 10 games and setting a franchise record for the most losses in a season, it should be a day where there should be a lot of, of concern and negative feelings about the roster Ryan Poles assembled for Matt Eberflus in his first year. Some of the things Eberflus didn't do with the roster to get more out of striving to be just serviceable NFL athletes. There's there's a lot of reasons you'd be hanging your head over this Bears season. The accomplishments of Justin Fields accepted. There is oh so very little to be to feel good about, to feel optimistic about the future of this team. Very, very little. Thin pickings. Um, slim pickings. Pick Withers. Uh, original drummer for Dire Straits, in case you didn't know. But there's the secondary is one of them. I'll get the positional groupings in a little bit. But it's big picture time. And instead of this cloud hanging over Chicago today, there is a ton of excitement, justifiably so. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft because Houston went for two and beat Indianapolis yesterday to finish the season. So Houston falls a notch. And thank you, Lovey Smith. There are so many ways Ryan Poles can go with this pick. He's nuts to not examine the best quarterbacks available. And if he thinks one of them is a franchise changer, he should take him. The loss to the Vikings yesterday was telling in oh so many ways as to what is ailing this team. The absence of a pass rush. And it didn't matter whether it was the starter Kirk Cousins or Nick Mullins who came on in relief. The Vikings quarterbacks collectively were sacked just once yesterday. The Bears closed the year with the worst sack differential in the NFL points differential. It's among the bottom feeders. It's down there with the teams, you know, to be the worst in the league, the teams which are drafting in the top five, um, ex- except for teams that uh, are there because of trades in the off season, like Seattle, which has a high pick the, uh, the bears receivers yesterday, non-existent, <laughs> You got Equinemia St. Brown, however, celebrating his one-year $1.25 million contract by chipping in with a catch for three yards. And C.J. Ham, uh, the third running back, more of a fullback, 
Short yardage guy for the Vikings. Had more receiving yards than David Montgomery, who was a non-factor. Had more yards with just his 47 receiving yards on four catches, just four touches. And he's more productive on the day than David Montgomery. And that's another thing that is worthy of celebrating, but not. The fact the Bears led the NFL in rushing this year the way they did. it's it's not the typical celebration because way too much of it's provided by your quarterback. That's not sustainable over the lifetime of a career. You're lucky if you get through the lifetime of a first contract with a quarterback who's going to get smashed as much as Fields did this year. And it wore on him, and he even talked about it once he cleared the 1,000-yard mark late in the season. You You can't do that all the time and their running game was suspect this year the offensive line in front of fields and whoever is carrying the football next year not sure what they're going to do with Montgomery I suspect they will find a way with all their cap space to make him happy it might not be the best deal he could get and and maybe he wants to give the middle finger to the Bears for not extending him before the season he didn't complain about not getting an extension he put his head down and he went to work I like Montgomery he's a tough kid he's not a great running back but in this NFL he'll do just fine if you can get him at a reasonable tariff I don't think you have a problem there and with Herbert as a and Herbert by the way didn't do anything yesterday either as the Bears failed to do much of note on offense and as always is the case the, the tight end is your is your leading receiver. Um, I know I'm all over the map here. It's just because there are so many things to sink your teeth into with this Bears team in the entire league. K.J. Osborne, probably the third best receiver on the Vikings. You start with Jefferson, right? We in agreement there? And maybe Adam Thielen is, is still ahead of Osborne in the pecking order. Uh, he's certainly not the same player he was just two years ago. And last year he didn't play her. KJ Osborne did yesterday for the Vikings what no Bears receiver did this freaking year. He had a hundred plus receiving yards. 117 for Ozzy. And I keyed the Vikings yesterday. There it is. It took me six minutes and 30 seconds to get into my celebration of my successes at the window. Bet Rivers, thank you very much for the parlay opportunity betting against the Bears. I faded Chicago yesterday, and I know last week I said I wasn't going to do it. I said I will not bet the Vikings as a favorite again this year. And there they were. They're they're only laying seven against a JV secondary filling in for injured guys who did a nice job this year with very little experience. You had three first-year players for the Bears defense who were outstanding. And I am am wondering if we have breaking NFL news. Uh, Not breaking to you. You probably already got this earlier because I see, no, my executive producer, Sam Michael, at the ready. Maybe, you know, I thought maybe he was going to give me the bad news on my pal, Ron Rivera, who is expected to be fired by the Washington Commanders today after an 8-8-1 season. They close it outstandingly yesterday with a win over Dallas, which I'll get to that game a little bit later on. But I'm expecting Rivera to be fired, and probably rightfully so, because he didn't know they would be eliminated if they lost last week, and that's a terminable offense as much as as I'd like to defend my guy. I cannot in this instance. And I, you get back to the Bears running game I was talking about and why the, the, the leading the league in rushing doesn't feel significant this year. Which guy has, has emerged other than Jenkins? Devin Jenkins, once moved to guard, very productive, uh, says, hey, I'm going to run behind this guy's hip. Like, we need a yard. Here's where I want to go. Who's your Jim Covert of the 80s? They don't have that guy, and there's reason to be hopeful about the rookie Braxton Jones, the fifth-round pick. And I was all over this guy's ass when I saw photos of him after his last year in college because he looked like a, a tub of goo. I mean, he was really gelatinous in, in body type. He was he was not good looking at a lot of the pictures you saw of him in action as a collegiate player. But he had a decent year for a first year player. I got he got rookied a lot. You're gonna get that at left tackle, just as you're gonna get it at corner as the Bears' young corners learned this year and got better 
as the season went on and had some shutdown games against some pretty good receivers. So progress made there, but I don't feel good about this O-line. And if the Bears choose to move down in the first round, that's okay. If, if they don't trust the so-called franchise changer at the top, which you have to have, you're picking one, you need to knock it out of the park for the next five years minimum, whether it's a quarterback or a pass rusher. Typically, the, the, the guy's chosen, the position's chosen at number one. Every blue moon, you get an offensive lineman who's in the top three or top five, and the Bears got to have one of those guys. I've been bitching about the Bears not going for a tackle and not succeeding when they do in the first round since the early 80s, since covert for freaking crying out loud. That's 40 years ago. 40 years ago. And you got... The clown they picked, I don't know, he's not a clown. He was hurt when he got here. The guy Jerry Angelo picked at number 14 out of Vanderbilt, Chris Williams. Soon as he gets to camp, he's in the hot tub. He's got a back. Word was Angelo didn't do his homework, didn't know that. You don't draft a guy 14 with a back as a tackle or probably any other. Backs don't get better. They get worse. And that's what Jenkins is going to be dealing with in the for the rest of his NFL life. And Larry Borum is a guy who showed some progress. And I thought, you know, in tandem uh, with Jenkins, that was a decent part of the Bears offensive line. It was serviceable. And right now, serviceable is a goal for a lot of positions on the roster. So with this lousy roster, what grades do you give Matt Eberflus for getting the most out of the limited skill he has? Who emerged on the Bears' defensive line? The least sacky defensive line in the NFL. The Bears were led by somebody in their secondary in sacks this year. That can't happen again. And it's on Eberflus. He's the defensive mastermind. Yeah, their talent sucks, but you, there's no way they shouldn't have had a D lineman with more sacks than Brisker or Gordon, for F's sakes. Which linebacker other than undrafted rookie Jack Sanborn out of Wisconsin emerged as a, as a playmaker this year? Who is your run stuffer? He watched teams run on the Bears whenever they chose to do it regularly. And you watch defensive linemen just easily bite on ball fakes. The Giants game early in the year comes to mind. You get Saquon Barkley getting small, faking a, a give to the left side of the line. And Daniel Jones, you know, slyly tucks the ball away and turns around and fights the tight end Daniel Bellinger on an easy drag route. And it's just an easy first down. And that's that was how the Bears front seven played all year. They didn't read and react. They don't have great speed. There wasn't any. Joe Thomas on occasion would come up with a big hit, but not the kind, you know, as far as I'm, that's John Bostic with a preseason highlight reel hit a few years ago. That's all that wound up being for you. And I, I wasn't surprised in the least when I tweeted, said, there it is. We got to mention social media, but I waited until minute number 13, almost to get to it. I tweeted last night about the number one pick and what the bears should consider. And I said, consider, I said, I didn't say they do it. Reading is a skill, but I got my ass jumped of course, by everybody with keyboard muscles. And they should consider a, a quarterback at number one. You're not here very often. The bears haven't been here since the forties. They haven't had the top pick in the draft. They lost the coin flip to the Steelers after their one in 13 in 1969. That was discussed on the broadcast yesterday on Fox by Kenny Albert and uh, Jonathan Vilma, the former Miami star played for the jets in the NFL. And I'll get to some other comments they made in a little bit that are just really deserved to be barbecued. I haven't done a lot of critics at extra large to the chagrin of Adam Delavitt, baby Capone for bet rivers podcast network. And uh, I'll get to some of that a little bit later on. There was some stupidity yesterday coming from the broadcast booth, but I, I give Eberflus 
very, very low marks for getting the most out of these guys. The secondary excluded, as I said. Uh, they didn't get takeaways this year. That was that was his calling card with Indianapolis. That's what got him the damn job. The Colts were number one in, in plus minus in 21. That's why he's the Bears head coach. That's the only, that that is the single biggest mark on his resume that made him, in the minds of the Bears, the guy to go to. And Poles was very defensive, if you recall, when asked about the process of hiring a head coach not being an exhaustive one. He pushed back with anger. And I don't remember which member of the pen and microphone club asked him the question. Uh, probably Dan Weeder or, or, or I love saying that. I don't know who the F it was. But Paul's very defensive in that instance on the hire. And they didn't get takeaways. And that was the reason he had the gig. And Luke Getze. Remember when Luke Getze, people were saying early in the season, boy, I hope we hang on to this guy. Look what he's doing for Justin Fields. Man, he's going to be a hot property in the offseason. Who are they going to elevate? Is he on the staff now, or do they have to go outside the building to find the successor to the great Luke Getze? Folks, the Bears had the fewest passing yards in the league this year, and it wasn't close. Think of all the teams you know of by perception and the times you've watched them this year. And you find them to be a horrifically challenged football team at the quarterback position. The Bears are worse in terms of yardage. And it's by 350-some yards, 350 passing yards fewer than the Atlanta Falcons. And in case you weren't paying attention to anything in Atlanta, their best quarterback quit the team with five or six weeks to go, and they still had more passing yards than the Bears. So did the Ravens without Lamar Jackson for the last several weeks. So did the Carolina Panthers, who traded their expected-to-be starter early in the season. Baker Mayfield off to the Rams. Enter Sam Darnold. They passed for more yards than the Bears. So did Tennessee. Joshua Dobbs closing the season for the out without a whimper Titans. My God, what a disastrous last half of the season for Mike Vrabel. I heard people saying, oh, he's going to coach him to a win. They're going to win that AFC South. He's the guy. He's going to play. He's got... Uh, Henry coming back, and he's healthy now. He had a little bit of a rest, and Henry had a good game. Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. And uh, the Jaguars absolutely are in the AFC South. I keep getting off the Bears because this league is just, it's just bursting at the seams with interesting stories. And not every squad is worthy of being picked apart. Because you've seen opponents do that enough all year. Or you've seen a team wallow in the mire of 7 and 10, of 8 and 9, and, and they just aren't that interesting. They're kind of in NFL hell. So the point is, all of these teams, more passing yards than the Bears. Yet when you you dare suggest you examinate all of the best quarterbacks coming in. And I don't know who's the best. I don't know if the dude from Alabama is going to be a franchise changer. Uh, look, I, I'm uneducated, so I am not going to tell you, take him or take this guy or take that, uh, CJ, whoever it is. I am not going to tell you who to draft. I don't freaking know. I haven't watched enough. But you're an idiot when you have the one if you don't seriously investigate it and what the bears did on the field this year with their second year, recent number one pick wasn't enough to convince me, or it shouldn't be enough to convince you fields is the guy is a passing quarterback. He's not there yet. There has been radical improvement. Eyes downfield went on the run. Tremendous upgrade from where it started. But he misses a lot of wide-open targets. He still doesn't have a real good presence in the pocket and feel the rush. He's careless with the football. 
He had several opportunities on the Bears' last possession this year to tie or win the game and did not do that. They lost their last 10. I know his talent around him sucks. I I, I know the veterans polls gave him at wide receiver, the Byron Pringles and Keneal Harry's or Nikhil Harry's. (laughs) Keneal? Keneal Harry, ladies and gentlemen. Equinemius St. Brown, the best of the bunch. Come on back. Here's a buck and a quarter for your efforts. They absolutely should look at... At Bryce Young, they they absolutely should look at C.J. Stroud or anybody else. And if you decide you don't want to do it, it better be because you're convinced Fields with better talent is going to be a franchise guy because he's not there yet. And when I call him a run-first quarterback, what I mean by that is that is what you you look at what he does most successfully. It's run first. It's not as a passer. He completes 61% of his throws this year. Not enough. And again, I give you, I grant you all you say about the lack of skill at wideout. When you don't have a guy bust a hundo in a game all year, that's not on the quarterback. It's it's on the receiver for not being prolific with run after the catch. It's not it's on the receiver for not getting enough catches or or meriting enough targets. And granted, Luke Getzey was a detriment this year because he only asked Justin Fields to throw the ball twenty or twenty one, twenty two times a game. That's not freaking enough. So. Whatever Poles does, I can't imagine a scenario where he does something the Bears fans shouldn't feel good about. If he takes a great pass rush, you're good. They need one. I I think you're better off getting one in free agency if one strikes your fancy. And you got a couple months to make these decisions. Now, free agency starts in March, as Aaron Rodgers reminded it, as the reminded us last night as the Packers went quietly into the good Green Bay night. Oh, was that delicious for so many people? And it should be. If he trades down for more volume, that's okay. You got needs all over the place. Offensive tackle. I'm good with them going with a high pick. On an offensive tackle, I'm good with them getting a wide receiver in the first or second round because the guy they got in midstream this year didn't do dick. Chase Claypool, what do you have? He had 13 catches on the year, and I think he he played in seven games. They traded with Pittsburgh. What is amounting to the what 31st or 32nd pick in this upcoming draft? They forfeited that. For Chase Claypool, who didn't, man, oh, man. And that's kind of why I felt like I wanted to see Fields one more time. I wanted to see with Claypool back in the lineup and and, and dressed. I, I just wanted to see if they could just one last time try to get something going together. But we'll have to wait until training camp when reports out of every camp in the league, well, this guy's really smoking it. Man, is he slinging the pill. Look at Matt Ryan get it done for the Indianapolis Colts this year and how'd that work out for Indianapolis. Let me get to the Packers right now because that's something that a Bears fan should feel happy about today and even a Lions fan too. My bud Leiden Casper, the voice of the White Sox, watches his Lions team have a winning season after a 1-6 and six start. Dan Campbell, an enormous amount of credit deserved. Um, and they get the job done against Green Bay last night, and the Packers will watch the postseason on the couch, and Aaron Rodgers' future is hugely in doubt, and he talked about it last night, says he will not take that long to make a decision. He's not going to hold the Packers hostage. Uh, Doesn't know what he wants to do right now. Um, I I recall the last – the last pass of Brett Favre's career, the last meaningful pass of Favre's career, was intercepted by Giants DB Corey Webster last night. The Lions' Kirby Joseph becomes Aaron Rodgers' Corey Webster. So he picks him off. That's That pretty much finishes Green Bay last night, which had a total collapse in discipline. If you haven't seen 
the rookie linebacker Quay Walker get kicked out of the game yet. You need to find that video. Here's what this guy did. DeAndre Swift of the Lions was down. He was injured. Uh, and it was suspected it was because of a cheap shot from Jerron Reed, who slapped him in the helmet when he was going to the ground. So the the medical staff for Detroit is on the field, and, and one of the guys is trying to get to Swift. And Quay was, it was in his path. So he kind of put his arm out a little bit to knife his way through and be the, the third guy there, whatever his job was. I don't know. I haven't seen his name online yet today. There's a lot of other things I've been looking for. If he's a trainer, if he's a doctor, whatever he does, but he's part of the team that's out there treating the injured player. And Quay Walker shoves his ass. He gives him a shove. And then another Packers D lineman, as if Walker needed assistance with a guy on the medical team, chests up uh, on the dude. It's the second time this year Walker has been kicked out of a game. Matt LaFleur expressing afterward he's got absolutely zero patience with this shit, but he's a first-round pick. This dude, the first guy, the first-rounder out of Georgia, so there's no way. Uh, he's going to wind up getting cut. He'll be back. He was bawling on his way to the locker room after he did it. Aaron Rodgers, if that was his last game, Kirby Joseph, you get the Corey Webster Award, and Rodgers with a very mortal night, 17 of 27 for 205, a tutty and a pick. Uh, Packers running game, unimpressive. Jones and Dylan in tandem, 21 rushes for 81 yards. The Lions wrap the year in the win column, even though they couldn't they couldn't find a way to get into the playoffs with Seattle winning yesterday. So they don't squeeze in, but what a what a terrific second half for a very challenged team defensively for the Lions. And I, I'm starting to wonder if Jared Goff has resurrected what once was a very promising looking career and it didn't go well after the Super Bowl season in, in LA with the Rams. And he was kind of just stuck in no man's land there. You weren't sure you were get what you're getting with him. Well, the lions have three first round picks on the offensive line. They kept him upright this year and they had a terrific season with golf running the show and their running game. I'm not the biggest Deandre Swift guy in the world, but they had other guys who helped out there uh, this year and including uh, the former Packer who was uh, part of the mix last night. So a decent year, for the Lions. And I don't know if I uh, concluded my Len Casper thought, but he saw this whole thing coming. Um, but it didn't go the way Len saw it, 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 it culminating. He thought the Packers would uh, would clip the Lions in Week 18 and thus get that last playoff spot in the NFC. And the way he described it in a text was something about Aaron Rodgers whipping something in the faces of uh, of Lions fans one last time. But I won't be any more graphic than that. So. If there's anything to take positive out of the weekend in the division, at least, Bears fans, the Packers are not going playoffing this year. Following Black Monday today, uh, Black Sunday in the case of Lovey Smith, who gets fired by Cal McNair yesterday. He obviously knew he was on his way out. That's what the strongest suspicions are from Texans insiders. So um, they complete a fourth and 20. And then they get the two-point conversion, 32-31 winners over the Colts. And it's a middle finger on your way out the door. And, man, I you think about what you would do. How many opportunities in life do you get to shove it up the backside of an employer who is going to fire you? How often does one in any business get the opportunity to shove it up their ass on your way out the door and hurt them in business? Doesn't get too often. I mean, if you're the spiteful type, not that I'm that way, not that I ever would have wanted to do anything to stick ESPN in the bunghole for whacking me in January of zero nine. I wouldn't have wanted that. I'm I'm really not a grudge holder. Um, but that's what Lovey does on his way out. And it's a dumbass move for the Texans. They have changed. They're going to be getting their fourth head coach in four freaking years now. They fired the goofball who didn't want Bill O'Brien. They fired him 
after he decided it was best for the franchise to trade one of the best three receivers in the game for a running back as disposable as running backs are. He viewed David Johnson of the Cardinals, a more valuable asset than Deandre Hopkins because they didn't get along. Uh, O'Brien couldn't handle the very complicated psyche of the star wide receiver in the NFL. So he winds up screwing the franchise, setting it back. And uh, then you had Deshaun Watson, all, all the stuff that went on there. So they whack O'Brien. Uh, David Culley gets only a year. He's dismissed last year with a bad roster. And then you got Lovey Smith this year with a bad roster. And hung in there the second half of the year. They were they were a tough football team. They hung around and hit you in the mouth. And the, the kid running back, Damian Pierce, uh, has given them a reason to believe their offense has some life, at least in terms of a running game. They'll be looking for a new quarterback in addition to looking for a new head coach. Let me back you up to Saturday afternoon. The Chiefs conclude uh, the season in very impressive fashion. They finally kicked the shit out of somebody. 31-13 to over the Raiders. Chiefs finish 14-3 and with the number one seed. As you know, if they wind up getting Buffalo in the title game, it's at a neutral site, which is completely unfair to the Chiefs because Buffalo – easily could have lost that Monday night or last week to the Bengals. And then it wouldn't have been in, in debate. And the Bengals are certainly, you got a reason to believe they could have won that game. They were leading when it was concluded because of the tragedy on the field with DeMar Hamlin. But um, that's, that's, that's screwage. The, uh, the Jaguars over the Titans is the Titans just, Crap the bed, the back end of the season. Jaguars had to rally in the fourth quarter to get it done. Jags back in the playoffs for the first time since 17 when they had a, a run with Blake Bortles that was underappreciated by you in football America. Bortles went to Pittsburgh and put 45 on the Steelers to advance the Jaguars to the AFC title game. No, he wasn't a good quarterback on balance. No, it wasn't worth the high pick the Jaguars spent on him. But in that season, he won games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were most impressive defensively that season, but, uh, here they are back in the playoffs and their arrow clearly pointing up with the marriage of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, who got through his rookie year a year ago and made marked strides as a passer. You don't see the Jaguars with a second-year quarterback at the bottom or near it in terms of all the important statistical quarterbacks for the most important position in sports. The Buccaneers division winners at 8-9, and nine, succumbing to the Falcons 30-17. to 17. Brady didn't play a lot in the game. He yielded to Blaine Gabbert, and it was sleepy, and I'm glad I didn't bet it. Uh, I wouldn't bet either of those teams, and I'm certainly not betting on Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. Bill Belichick is going to return to New England, we learned uh, late last night, early this morning. Bill's over his Patriots, 35-23. to 23. Naheem Hines with two kickoff returns. Josh Allen, very emotional uh, in the postgame. It's easy to root for the Buffalo Bills right now. Uh, they have become America's team. They're in one of those gritty blue-collar towns where guys came home from Chicago and had to shovel three feet of snow off of their luxury SUVs. Pity the uh, Bills players for that one. But uh, with everything else that's gone on with their team, there seems to be a lot of sentiment growing in favor of the Bills, who have never won a game with Roman numerals on it. The Bengals kept rolling and clear out the uh, the Ravens from any consideration of that coin flip playoff game. Bengals 27, Ravens 16, a very efficient performance for the Bengals. I don't think their pulse ever got above 70, even when they were eating the tongues. A uh, little silence of the lambs for you uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. Anthony Brown, less than Lamarian for the Ravens. Their quarterback, 19 of 44. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He was intercepted twice as Lamar Jackson starts playing chicken with his employer. 
you know, there, there's no freaking way that guy's getting 200 million out of my salary cap, uh, my budget for the future. If I'm an NFL team, no way I am paying Jackson that kind of money, short shelf life, run first quarterbacks, quarterbacks whose success is predicated more on the run means they're a run first quarterback. And the next one who wins a super bowl is going to be the first one. So good luck to the Ravens as they uh, they go to Cincinnati next week instead of a coin flip for home field. They should have finished that football game at a later date. We mentioned, uh, I mentioned, the Texans over the Colts 32-31, to uh, 31, and uh, Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, gets it stuck to him by Lovey Smith, his final contribution to the Chicago Bears. He gets them the number one pick in the draft. That's a nice parting gift uh, 11 years or 10 years after his dismissal. Uh, in a very sleepy game that featured uh, Skylar Thompson uh, at the helm for the Miami Dolphins, they beat the Jets 11-6. to The game concludes with the most exciting mechanic in sports officiating history, the get-em-up. Uh, the Dolphins getting awarded a safety as the Jets were throwing the ball around uh, rugby style. And uh, it winds up going out of, not out of the end zone, but over the sideline four or five yards into the end zone. That's a two-pointer. So that's how the Dolphins got to 11, and it swung the point spread. buddy of mine had thought he'd lost betting the Dolphins. He won. He won. The Panthers over the Saints, 10-7. to <sighs> Panthers over. Eddie Pinheiro kicked the game winner. Remember that name? I'll be eager to see if Steve Wilkes retains his job as uh, Panthers head coach. Might come down today that they are giving him that opportunity. He was 6-6 six and six as the interim guy after Matt Rule was shown the door uh, early in the season. Man, you've got to give a ton of credit to Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's one of the best uh, coaches in the NFL. In fact, his his salary was less than Matt Rule. Part of the reason I became a big detractor of rules, and I'd have taken the money too if I were him. 8.7 sounds better than the 8 uh, Mike Tomlin's getting. Uh, Steelers beat the Browns 28-14. to I am told from NFL insiders Kevin Stefanski will keep his job with the Browns, who uh, didn't play Jadavian Clowney for comments he made publicly about the organization. They deserve all they're getting in Cleveland. Not the fans, the organization. That's uh, that's a long-suffering fan base. Man, even worse than the Bears. Uh, the Eagles didn't impress yesterday. They, uh, they beat the Giants 22-16, and some of that giant stuff was late in the game. Jalen Hurts did not look particularly comfortable, and he admitted as much after the game. Man, when you can get a divisional game and you can get 17 points, you take that every freaking time. When I saw the number as high as it was, uh, I'm like, yeah, give me the Giants in 17. 22 to 16 wasn't really that close, but Philadelphia was not awe-inspiring. Uh, and against backups in the second half, Ron Rivera, if he does get popped, and he, he's, I expect him to by the Washington Commanders owner, Daniel Snyder, he can go out feeling good about the way his defense played against Dak Prescott. Commanders over the Cowboys Sunday, 26-6. to Dak Prescott, not impressive. Uh, a pick six for Kendall Fuller in the game. Uh, Washington also was very crisp on the special teams. And you had Sam the Bulldozer Howell barreling in. Uh, he was manning the wheel for the Washington offense yesterday. No Heineke, no Wentz. Get yourself a big dose of Sam Howell. And he is 1-0 as an NFL starter. Um, Broncos over the Chargers yesterday. I'll try to blitz through these fairly quickly. I know I'm running up against when I'd like to be a wrap, and I haven't gotten to the playoff matchups yet. Broncos over the Chargers yesterday, 31-28. to 
um, the spread actually went up when uh, it, it was learned the Chargers could not improve their position in the game. I, I think I I got it earlier, not as generous. I think four and a half. I got it at, and it went up to six and a half. And that was the back end of a parlay I had with the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, congratulations to me. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley largely criticized for leaving his starters in as long as he did. It was a while before he gave Justin Herbert the hook and uh, yielding to Chase Daniel. Mike Williams got hurt, too. Uh, Former NFL players like Fred Taylor criticizing Staley in social media for leaving them out there as long as, as, as he did. And he was, of course, because Staley's an asshole, he was very defensive after the game, uh, noting if I if I benched all my play. And he was just really cocky. I don't like the way he treats people. You know, why people in those positions don't realize, while you may not like media, you may not like their questions, the way they look, a lot of things about us that are not likable. I grant you that. Um, that's how your fan base sees you. Why can't you let let you know use the media as your conduit to your fan base? Unless you don't care, your fans think you're a jag anytime somebody uh, holds your feet to the fire on something. But Staley very defensive. Uh, he, he's Keenan Allen is out there in the fourth quarter last night. I didn't mind it because I bet the Chargers and they hung around. But man, Russell Wilson saved his best for last. Did you see any of the Willie highlights? from yesterday jerry judy and wilson just forming a uh, a big splash plays union yesterday uh very exciting for the denver broncos bully for them uh, they won they're among those looking for a new head coach sean payton is rumored to be among those candidates as is jim harbaugh it might be a good time for harbaugh to to pack up in ann arbor although i think allegations against him amount to nothing more than a hand slap and he's kind of close to winning a title and Vandy my partner on terrestrial radio on WJLB and Hammond sold me on that the other day when he said yeah I think he's close enough he wants to finish what he started Uh, you're gonna need a quarterback who doesn't throw it to the other team in the semifinals next time through 49ers conclude their season impressively 38-13 38-13 to 13 over the Cardinals. Brock Purdy, now 5-0. and Mr. Irrelevant, three touchdowns and no picks. Uh, he got chased around quite a bit and hit a lot, but uh, very efficient, 15 out of 20. And uh, Debo Samuel back in the lineup for the 49ers. They didn't want to expose his body to punishment. They only, I think he only had three touches uh, yesterday, but uh, nonetheless, the 49ers, Uh, are my play in the NFC. I like them better than I like Philadelphia right now. The Seahawks go to the playoffs via their 19-16 overtime win over the Rams. Quandry digs with a real slick running interception, a great read of Baker Mayfield uh, in overtime. That set the the table for a game-winning field goal, so Seattle winds up with the number seven seed, and Geno Smith, man, what a great NFL story this guy was this season. Six years as a bench rider after two disappointing years in the beginning of his career in New York. And he was a punchline at the beginning of the year, and I was guilty of it as well. And all this SOB did was go out there and lead the NFL in completion percentage and finish among the top five in every important quarterback category, uh, thus earning easily, I think, the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year award. But the odds are absolutely absurd in his favor, so... Uh, I, I don't want to burn two thousand uh, dollars to to win a hundred. I I wouldn't in case there were something fishy about that. Uh, I would, I don't know what that was. I don't want to be on the wrong end of that one. So that's all of your games from the weekend. I don't think I missed any. Uh, wanted to make sure I gave Dan Campbell and Mike Tomlin 
both lots of love for the way they finished the season, even though they don't get to the playoffs. Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, and their offense, especially early in the season before they got Kenny Pickett, the first-round draft pick out of Pitt, an opportunity to shake off some of the rookie yips, their offense was horrible, and they did not stretch the field, and they have young receivers who are not developing their running game was was not effective early in the year. Um, they grinded out and finished nine and eight. I, I know that's not the standard in Pittsburgh. You're you're always trying to win titles, but being realistic about their roster, I think that's a hell of a year. Wild card weekend starts Saturday on Fox at three thirty with the Seahawks at San Francisco at Bet Rivers today. The Niners are a ten point favorite. Niners are a little dangerous as a big favorite, um, but I think this likely is one they can handle. I will make a one star move on the 49ers in this one. The 49ers, the two seed against Seattle, the seven at 7.15 Saturday night on NBC. It's the Chargers at Jacksonville. The Chargers are a road fave, but only by a point and a half. I'm a little bit irpy about both squads in this one. This is uncharted water for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence playing in his first career playoff game and great job by everybody in Jacksonville to go nine and eight and muscle out uh, the AFC South title. Chargers, of course, potentially very potent on offense, but and they're, they, they were healthy until the injury to Mike Williams last night and it didn't look good. So that's, that's probably a stay away game. Uh, for me, although I do think the total is is a possibility. It's at 47. I think that could be point fest Saturday night. Sunday, we have a triple header and then there's a Monday nighter and wild card super weekend. Uh, Sunday at noon on CBS, it's the seventh seeded Dolphins nine and eight at Buffalo. Bills are ten and a half point favorites in that one. That's likely to go up. Um if Tua can go, you know, Miami has a puncher's chance. They have been explosive on occasion on the road this year, but it's been a long time since that 28-point fourth quarter in Baltimore early in the season to beat the Ravens on the road. I don't think the Bills' defense is going to be uh, that sieve-like. I think they win this game. I doubt I'll lay the 10.5. I think that's just too much for uh, for most teams in the postseason. 3.30 Sunday, the Giants 9-7-1 at Minnesota, one of the least respected playoff teams uh, going this year, maybe in a long time. The Vikings at 13-4 with the three seed are a three-point favorite over the number six Giants, and that's a nice job, too, by Brian Dable and his staff and the Giants roster this year. Daniel Jones has come around as a passer, still probably a run-first guy, but he's made a lot of progress throwing the football. His numbers among those quarterbacks uh, well above Justin Fields this year. So uh, Vikings, a slight favorite in that one. I won with the Vikings this past week, probably not going to the well in back-to-back weeks, even though I think three is pretty generous if you are a purple supporter here. 7-15 Sunday night, the Bengals hosting the Ravens. I like Cincinnati laying six and a half, even if Jackson returns for Baltimore. And man, it's about time to take off the sunglasses and break a sweat, isn't it? I don't think the uh, the ten and seven Ravens can hang with the Bengals' offense. I think Cincinnati is clicking on all cylinders right now. They're going into the playoffs with as much momentum as anybody. They are twelve and four. Total in the game is forty three and a half. Um, if the Ravens can muscle out fifteen, that thing's going over. Monday night wild card super weekend concludes with the Buccaneers eight and nine. Winners of the NFC South, an 8-9 and nine team hosting a playoff game. It just ain't right. However, no sympathy for the Dallas Cowboys, who I love to loathe. They're, um, they're a favorite in that one on the road, favored by two and a half. Do you trust Dak Prescott as a road favorite against Tom Brady? 
I don't believe Brady's lost to the Cowboys. I, that that that's that's a game where I'm tempted to take the Buccaneers as much as I've been unimpressed by them and flat out, you know, sometimes sometimes shaking my head wondering why you're not going to make a head coaching change with Todd Bowles. I I don't like that football team, but I I, I kind of like them getting two and a half at home. That that could be that I I don't know. It's I might be tempted there. You can tempt me. So monitoring NFL coaching changes today is is my is my hobby. Uh, as I make a drive up to Glenview to get a shot in my knee, so I can get through the cold months without. Uh, without struggling to get up and down in a two-story or anywhere I go. I want the knee to feel better. That's why I get the cortisone shot in it a couple of times a year. Replacement around the corner as well. The Arizona Cardinals, last thought I have for you today. I I thought it would it was an easy call on on dumping Cliff Kingsbury after this again dreadful finish to a season. Not as bad as last year's because they played an extra week last year before getting punched in the mouth. It doesn't seem like the relationship Kingsbury has with quarterback Kyler Murray is a very good one. I uh I didn't know and I I'm it must have been when I was in Arizona in March and I I, I never saw this since. It's on me to not know it. Kingsbury signed an extension this past spring. If they want to make a coaching change they're on the hook for four more years of his his salary. It's not one of the higher salaries in the NFL. They got him at the bargain basement uh, price of 5.5, I think I saw, is the average, which is kind of near the low for uh, low end of NFL head coaches. But you think of how important that position is. So you're you're an owner of a football team. You're Mike Bidwell, I think, is the owner now, is the boobish Bidwells pass it on generationally. Uh, that's pretty good, the boobish Bidwells. One of the worst interviews I ever did was with Bill Bidwell out in Arizona at the Super Bowl. Big middle finger to Paul Jensen, their PR guy, the former Sox PR guy, for thinking he'd be good on the radio. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Kingsbury's likely to be back unless you're going to eat that. You're going to eat $20 million? Starting to say, if you're the owner of an NFL team, $20 million is not a ton. You look at the money you piss away on athletes every year who get five, seven, eight million dollar deals, um, and they don't pan out either, and they get paid a hell of a lot more than the coach does per annum. Thank you for being with me. I'm Dan McNeil, and I will do this again on Thursday for more NFL coverage. That's what Tiggers do best. Adam Delavitt is the guy who brought me to the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you, Adam, for doing that. And I thank the vacationing but still working Sam Michael, my executive producer, for handling the show today. Hope you're back on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil. Have a great week. I'm Tail Lights for now. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.